Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. Retirement Unlimited is an informative weekly radio program dedicated to offering factual information and sound advice for those wanting to know more about retirement planning. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. Information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comments and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Now, here's Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. Welcome to Retirement Unlimited. This is the radio program that is dedicated to helping you make smart decisions about your money. I'm Randy Barkley and I'm here with Jeremiah Lee. We are certified financial planners and we come alongside of our clients as fiduciaries. Jeremiah is also an attorney. And if you need um, assistance with legal issues or questions, we suggest you give him a call. He helps our clients with estate planning, business succession, and other contractual issues that require that legal expertise. If you'd like to know more about us and our firm, I, give, I just really ask you that you go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. Now, each week, what we do is we divide our discussion into three parts, three sections. First one is referred to as retirement update. The second one is tactical asset management. And the third one is news you can use. Now, this week in the very first section on retirement update, Jeremiah, we're going to talk about something that probably has more misconceptions out there than than anything, because when I talk about people, in fact, 70% of the people don't think this is going to exist when they need it. It is social security. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. And so many people, um, it's a big part of their, their retirement picture. You know, they have, whether it's not just the the largest piece necessarily, however, it's a a key important piece. And to your comment, we we get on a regular basis, our clients ask, you know, is social security still going to be there? Should we just take it out of the planning entirely? Just, you know, bring it down to zero. Um, and based on what we know and the, you know, the articles we read, there's cause to be concerned. There's yep. cause to be um, skeptical, but it's not a cause to take Social Security out of planning or to completely ignore it. But what, what really bothers me is that the facts that people are, I, I should say they're, they're misled about the facts. Mm-hmm. They really aren't told the whole story. And Social Security is not going bankrupt. Um, it, it does have some funding issues later on. Uh, 2035 is the year when it's not going to have that surplus. But Social Security right now collects 78 cents for every dollar that it pays out. It's just that they had surplus to kind of fill in that gap. And Social Security, I mean, the problem that Social Security has, it's a demographic issue, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we've changed as a country. I mean, Social Security was made as a safety net, and then we had the boomer generation, and it it was a great idea. (laughs) And as as we've turned now, the boomer generation is starting to retire and use Social Security. And the other generations have not backfilled to the same level. Yeah, I mean, I, what, I mean, what makes Social Security successful is you got more people working, paying into it, than those people that are retired using it. You know, getting the payments out of it. And we've turned. I mean, we've we've actually made a switch. Uh, about 2010, we started to dip into the savings at a much more aggressive uh, to meet the standards that uh, Congress has committed or Social Security Administration has committed to us. So again, there's a lot of people that on headlines, they say Social Security is bankrupt and, you know, presidential candidates to Congress to you name it. And of course, then I call them the panic pushers are trying to scare people. Right? Yep. Yep. And those those ratios, you know, think of the, the headlines, you know, back in the 1960s, it was a five to one ratio, wow. five people working for every one retired. 
and more recently, uh, 2021, it was 2.7. Right. Every. So it's, it's roughly and, half of, of and it's declining. So they're yeah. so by tw- I mean the, these are stats, and who knows if they're going to be accurate? But by they're estimating by 2033 that only 2.3 people will be working for every person that's retired. Yeah. And what they need is a ratio. In other words, to sustain it, they need 2.8. So they're not too far off the mark right now. But legislation has to respond if they're going to keep the benefits the same. Yeah. So when I when I look at it kind of holistically, there's problems. There's problems looming. Sure. However, you know, in a worst case, you know, I don't say worst case, but in, in a in a a poor outcome is that what you expected to be 100% of your benefit goes down to like you said, maybe 78, maybe 70% of the benefit. However, it turning on a dime and going to zero, you know, is not something that I see politically realistic. Right. You know, I, I think our country is generally going the opposite direction. Right. You know, we're becoming um, more, uh, not quite to say socialist, but we're moving that direction on the. Well, there's social safety nets. Yeah. I mean, they, they want they want to create that. I mean, for for people that are in need. Again, we could have a whole other conversation about socialism versus capitalism, but social security is a is a benefit that people have grown up to rely upon. They've yeah. Paid into it. And they expect to get their money when they step into retirement. What they don't really realize is what they actually pay into it and what they get back if they have longevity. In other words, mm-hmm. they've lived a long time. They get they get a multiple back. I mean, they mm-hmm. get a payback from the Social Security system that is substantially greater than what they actually paid into it. Right. So it is a benefit. And that's coming from someone somewhere. Right. And you know, the government is coming from all of us to help provide this social net. But with that, what you just said, I, I think it's interesting that we have longevity is the other aspect coming in here. Right. You know, if when they first set up Social Security, I don't, I'm not sure what the what the, the age ex, life expectancy was. Well, it was in the early 30s, and the life expectancy was not much more than 65. Yeah. So we've increased that by over 20 years so almost. Blown right past it. And right. Some of the discussions, and uh, maybe we'll shift slightly, but some of the discussions were, how do we fix it? What are right. some of the solutions? What's the magnitude of this problem? And one of them is saying, well, what if we what if we move the full retirement age to 70 right. rather than 60 or 67? What if we just moved it out to 70? And, you know, in, in the, the estimates they have, that would that would deal with 47 percent of the problem. Right. It's not it's not enough. And and for a lot of folks, just pushing out Social Security isn't an option. You think if someone's going to retire at, say, 65, you know, that that's a chunk of years now that they're kind of right. on their own. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, again, there's a lot of things that come to uh, deal with that shortfall. And again, I want to make sure that we emphasize to our listeners, Social Security is not in danger of going away. What's in danger is maintaining the benefits. And they've made adjustments. They've increased the, the FICA tax, so they've mm-hmm. added more money to it. They've also increased the long, in other words, the full retirement age. Yes. So if you go back to it, so now it's 67, I think, is the top for, end. For most folks, yeah. So again, if they moved it to 70, that would solve about half of the problem. Yep. In other words, that doesn't mean that you couldn't get Social Security earlier. It's just that you would get a slight reduction in your Social Security benefit. Right, potentially. The other aspect that um, may be politically more viable, what we'll see, um, is to increase the FICA tax. Right. You know, right now it's 12.4%. That's usually split between the employer and the employee. They each Unless you're self-employed. Unless you're, you pay, yeah, you're self-employed, you have to pay you, all of it. You have to pay it all. Both sides of it. Um, but one of the, the ideas, if, if it went from 12.4 to 15.8, as being the total FICA tax, that would deal with 100% of the problem. you cover it. Yeah. And you wouldn't have to change the ages. You wouldn't have to change the benefit structure. And they'd have enough money for for probably the next 100 years, 75 yeah. years, without having to make an adjustment to yeah. it. And I think the politically hard is, you, I think you need some responsible folks to, to prevent that. <laughs> but right. but in a sense, it would be the people of voting and retirement age who would be placing a, a greater burden on the people that are younger. You know, to mm-hmm. say future generations is what we want. So I think I think we could probably assume that Congress isn't going to let Social Security not pay the benefits that they've promised. 
So there's probably going to be adjustments like that, what they've done in the past. So yep. they're probably going to increase taxes a little bit, uh, probably kicking and screaming on both sides. But they're also probably going to raise the age. So yep. they're going to do some some mortality adjustment on that. Yeah. And so for a lot of folks who are you know looking at retirement or in retirement or close to retirement, um, I anticipate that their benefits might be minor adjustments, but not major adjustments. But what will be different is the, the burden that you know this generation mm-hmm. retiring will be placing on their grandkids. Right. You know, how much tax will be required of their grandkids? And like we said, it used to be, you know, five, in essence, five grandkids working to re- to support every retired grandparent. Right. Now they're saying, well, it's only going to be potentially 2.3 grandkids, you know, mm-hmm. supporting a grandparent. And in, in doing that, it needs to just be a higher tax. So, you know, for a lot of folks who are are listening, it's, it's probably your grandkids right. who are going to be the ones and to feel the, feel the brunt of this, right. just as they paid for it for their grandparents. Right. Um, not, not an ideal system and all sorts of you know philosophical issues perhaps, but it's a system I think that is is very likely salvageable right. and they can shore up the holes, but it will take some pain. It'll take some hard medicine. And I, and I think the, that's where the planning comes in and we sit down and we look at it and say, well, what happens if Social Security does reduce? So we build scenarios and go back and look at it and say, you're going to be fine or you're not. Maybe you need to shore up your retirement to give you a little extra you know, margin of safety, yeah. so to speak. But uh, if you'd like to know more about this and how we utilize this information to help our clients to build their plan and to build the scenarios and strategies, give us a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. We'd love to help you with that. Stay tuned for our next section. We're going to talk about tactical asset management. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned he can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that we refer to as tactical asset management. Inflation, in fact, in fact, we talk about this in our newsletter. And if you'd like to have a copy of our newsletter, we talk about uh, inflation and the difference between sticky inflation and flexible inflation. But a lot of people look at stock prices or the stock market. And frankly, in our office, we think that has more precedence is the bond market. It is more telling about where the economy is going and where we think some of the outcome is going to appear, right? And bonds are interesting what they what they used to be, you know, how we used to use them right. um, to evaluate the economy and evaluate things and what we're using them for now. We've talked about a number of times on the show in, in March of 2020, you know, when when stock prices fell due to, to COVID concerns, bond prices also fell. They didn't right. have that buoyancy. Um, and then they took significantly longer to come back. And there's still a question of, are we lacking buoyancy in bonds? Um, bond rates are extremely low. And again, I think for our listening audience, what, what you have to understand is the rates that bonds get, we're talking about treasuries primarily, 
is a key indicator of what inflation is going to be. In other words, the cost of that, that, that money that the government will have to pay. And we don't see a lot of rise in that when yeah. we get past the next year or so. Well, it, it's, it's interesting for a lot of economic economists of, of what's, what's happening. And, you know, the, the bond yield rate, meaning how much you get paid for the bond that you have, was uh, 1.5 for a while, it came up to 1.6, and it kind of hovered there for a lot of 2021. 20, and then just recently it got up to 1.8, um, so it's, it's come up a bit. But one of the, the expectations that people look at is, is the, the 10 years of looking at inflation over, over a longer period. And based on bond rates, it looks like it's going to be 2.5. That's right. what is kind of priced into the bonds. And it's it, kind of a predictor. Right? Yeah, kind of a predictor. And, and part of it, it's a, it's a free market predictor. So it's not a talking head, you know, making a guess on the on you know some uh, network. It's also not the government stating this is what we want it to be. But it's really what people in the free market are buying and selling, and what the, the what, what the equilibrium is coming out to be. Right. And I think I think for for us as investment advisors and dealing with the people that help us with managing the money for our clients. One of the things that pops up is this productivity rate, and it's mm -hmm. something that is really important. So, at, you know, after the depression, going back to the 30s and the 40s, we had the war, and you had this massive amount of money that was poured into for the war effort. And right now, we're talking about the infrastructure. So, not only did Trump talk about it, but also Biden. We need to spend money on infrastructure, but that will also be an infusion mm -hmm. of money to build in public works and to build our infrastructure around us. So, bridges, bridges, you know, they. I mean, we're going to talk about it in our next section, but the the grid, the electrical grid, mm -hmm. is so important right now to be modernized. Right, and that's what allows businesses then to utilize that, right. and move forward. And I mean, a, a big thing with the pandemic is remote work. Uh, but in order to have remote work, you have to have you know, high speed internet to everyone's house or right. to everyone's wherever they're working from, and 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 that's been a unique item. You know, I <laughs> the house I used to live in, uh, whenever it would rain for whatever reason, our internet would go out. It wasn't our house, but it was the whole block. There was some transformer up up the road, and so we were subject to rain, you know, just right. good old fashioned rain. And so if I was trying to work remotely and it was a, a rainy day for a couple of days in a row, inevitably the internet would just go out. Well, I guess, I guess now they're, they're putting in 5G and the airplanes are saying not around us. Yeah. So they're now having to kind of figure out what that 5G is going to do with it. I mean, again, these are progressive things that are good and we need more of that, yeah. but we need more of that infrastructure. That's going to be be good for the productivity side yeah. of it. And a key measure of productivity is kind of how much either revenue or products can be made by each piece of labor, each person. And we've seen, I think through this pandemic, some some leaps and bounds in productivity of remote work or you know one person being able to do multiple right. things due to technology. So as we kind of wind all this back to the economy and looking at kind of the bond rates, we're, we're in a unique spot. And I think you know, to some extent we always are in a unique spot. But looking at, at, at bonds as they predict the future or kind of just speak about the future, we, we see productivity increasing and that will be a driver of the economy. And right. one of the polls, the Wall Street Journal pulled out is saying, you know, 12 months from now, so a year from now, how many people think the, the economy will be better, will be worse? So 30% uh, 30, 30 of folks thought it would be better, 46% thought it would be worse. Huh. So there's a, a skew in the sense that people think we're, things are gonna deteriorate from here. Um, but you know, our, our next section said we're talking about electrification. There, there is so much going on, I, I think, behind the scenes of businesses being innovative, being creative, that yeah. I, I anticipate a, a boom in productivity yeah. coming up soon. And again, we, we, talk, we always look at the companies that are what we refer to as the disruptors. And of course, the disruption that technology has provided. I mean, we feel it in our office, but everybody we talk to that's in business sees the disruption. In other words, and in most cases, it's somewhat frustrating, but for the benefit of everybody, because it yeah. becomes much better 
uh, and that's going to increase productivity. In other words, if you get, and productivity means that if you go to work, you're getting more done with the same hours. That means, mm -hmm. and that, that means the company is making more profit. They can pay more for their interest. I mean, all those things kind of go hand in hand, yep. but it's not a short-term solution. It's a very long-term yep. issue going and it, forward. And it's painful. It's our growing yeah. pains. You know? Right. An example being, you know, we talked before about restaurants, you know, maybe you had you know, 10 servers in a restaurant. Now maybe you only need two because right. people order from iPads at, at their table. Well, those two workers, you can afford to pay them more. Right. But there's eight of them that now are, can't work in that industry. And so there's there's pain there that's great for the two who get raises. It's painful for the eight that had to uh, find new positions and find new jobs. So I, we're heading to that, that an era of that and there will be growing pains. And the question being, you know, what, what people are looking at with bonds is, you know, not seeing an explosion or not seeing, you know, hyperinflation coming. And I think that's the key factor. We're not seeing a, an inflationary trend that would be similar to what the country experienced back in the 70s. Yeah. And um, again, I think it'll be on the back of technology. I think technology will be the, the main driver for productivity without inflation. Yeah. In other words, um, but again, there's a lot of people think that we're, we're doomed, so to speak, to have high inflation for a long. It's going to be embedded, yeah. that sticky inflation. And uh, we're in the camp that's saying, yeah, we're going to have inflation for a time, but we see that it'll calm down. It'll be much more uh, normal, you know, back down to that 2%. Remember, the Fed was working, trying to get in, get inflation above 2% for right. years. Yeah, trying to get it up. Right? Yeah. And then now they're trying to get it back down. And then that's part of their their mandate is to keep it in the middle. But yeah, we'll, we keep watching it. You know, as much as we think it might be one way or the other, we're, we're happy to be wrong and adjust to it. That's part of being sure. tactical is yeah. to... to keep our keep our um, ear to the ground to kind of see where things yeah are i mean i think in investing i think one thing that you have to do is not be stubborn in your bias and you have to continually look at information and take counsel from people that spend every waking moment of their life looking at this information and doing historical comparisons trying to do analysis it's not an exact science we're not we're not pouring concrete here it is a lot of factors and there's a lot of things that influence the overall economy and the question is, how does it affect your portfolio? So again, we sit down and talk with people and we try to understand what their goals and their needs are. We build a plan, the strategies. And if you go to our website, you'll see right there, you know, it's planning by the numbers. So we try to find out what is the most important rate of return that you need in order to sustain your life through the rest of your life financially. If you'd like to know more about what we do and how we do it, you know, I, I would strongly encourage you to give us a call. Our phone number is 951 684-7011. Let's build a plan together. Stay tuned for our next section. We're going to talk about news you can use. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org. Or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that we refer to as News You Can Use. I cut out, in fact, I kept this article. This was in May of last year. I, I, I set aside articles. One of the things that I, I always wish I had more of was time to read mm. and just 
just to get a better understanding of what's going on in the world. In this particular article, it talks about electrification of everything. Yeah. And we talked about earlier in the program about disruption. Well, we think this is going to be a huge disruption in the economy and in people's lives going forward. Yeah. No, it's, it's already changing and it will continue to change if our reliance on power of you know anything from your house, you think of lights and things, but cell phones, internet access. Um, We're going from 4G to 5G. Right. Cars now, you know, once we have vehicles. Electric vehicles, electric. EVs. Yeah. So just having a, an electrical grid that can support the, the, the volume of electricity, you know, the amount of it, but also just the regularity of it. You know, kind of a, a simple example, but this uh, two weeks ago, there was a pretty big storm up in Arrowhead Mountains. There some friends who live up there and their power went out. And it wasn't just out for an hour. It was, it was out for it ended up being nine days. But when they spoke with people, it could have been 30 days. And they had a generator, so they had to run the generator. But there was actually an issue with their thermostat. A Nest thermostat had a battery in it that was dying. And so it was shutting off their heat, even if a generator, <laughs> you know, just realizing wow. it's not just the lights and not just these one things. It was actually some smaller device, and so with that, you know, you kind of think through all the different you know pieces of uh, your life, and we're becoming dependent on electricity. And based upon what is coming down the road, uh, the this article talks about it. Um, we're going to need three times more electricity transmission by 2050. Now that that is a massive increase, yeah. and the infrastructure. And now we have you know political and social and economic constraints. And it, it we're headed down this path of electrification, but we're going to end up with a lot of resistance from various entities to get yep. there. And the transmission, I think, is an interesting aspect of it because it's not just the generation of it. We don't just right. need power plants or more solar or more wind. It's, it's actually getting the, the electricity from wherever the solar is, whether it's on someone's roof or out in the middle of the desert, but getting it to everybody in a consistent and sustainable way. Yeah, that's interesting. One of the articles I was reading that right now, 20% of um, our uh, electricity usages are you know, re renewable, sustainable, stuff right. like that. And they said we're moving to 50% of some of the goals people are putting out. Um, it, it's just a big shift. You know, and they talk about having a decentralized network. So everyone has solar panels and everyone's right. panels are feeding everyone else. They have batteries in their garages. And who, who knows what the actual solution will be? There's a lot of people vying to, to solve this problem. But I, I think it's clear that we, you know, electric cars, uh, electric things. It, we're moving that direction. I mean, everything we have runs off electricity to some level. And I mean, you know, I think we're all going to see electric cars in our garage by probably the end of this decade. I, mm -hmm. I don't, I think that cars replacement, you've got manufacturers that are saying we're going to get rid of uh, internal combustion engines within by the mid thirties yep. to 2030s. But I think, I think it's going to be so prevalent um, that but again, all those things are going to run off electricity yeah. and there'll be batteries and you got to have power. Yeah. And right now, I mean, I have confidence that I can find fuel for my vehicle, right? You know, um, in, in a normal sense. And if there's a disaster or something shuts down, I feel like I can do that. But I know there's, you know, back in the 70s, 80s, there was, you know, uh, lines you had to wait for fuel to fill up. Um, and then maybe the same for just trusting the grid, I guess, trusting that yeah. I can still charge my car. And that, that's still a leap for me. This article talks about it, and if you'd like to have a copy of, the, of this, we'd be more than happy to send you out a free reprint of it. It's called Electrification of Nearly Everything, and it's it's chock full of it. It shows state by state uh, how much each state is, you know, getting their energy from renewable sources, and are still that uh, what percentage that would still be dependent upon fossil fuels and such as that, like you know, nuclear as well as oil and gas and things like that. But it also gives you a picture of what's happening in the future. And we want our clients to be aware of what's coming. If you'd like to have a copy of this, uh, just give us a, uh, 
uh, give us a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011 or just simply go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. For more information about today's show or other questions regarding your retirement planning, call Randy at 951-684-7011. That's 951-684-7011. Remember, retirement planning is a process, not a product. So call Randy at 951-684-7011 or visit his website at retirementunlimited.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Retirement Unlimited. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. The information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor.